stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's editor, Maddie Johnson, to discuss an exciting topic right now, one that we like a lot here. We do. (laughs) We do. It's the retail industry, and we're going to talk about the disruptors. Who is doing it right on retail? So I know all of you thought that retail was going under. They were all going to close. Retail is dead. Amazon's killing everyone. It's killing um, them. Same old narrative. Yeah. Amazon is going to be the only place we shop. (laughs) But as outrageous as it is, we're like laughing about it. That was actually believed by quite a few number of people for, I would say, about the last 12 months or so. For a year now, everybody's saying they're doomed. Amazon will dominate everything. Um, Hold on to your hats. And then all the shares, all the stocks went into the gutter. And that was a buying opportunity. We now know. (laughs) So we're, we're off of those lows now because I think Amazon, because of what it's done with online retail, and to be honest, it has put some of them out of were out of business. Yeah. I mean, Borders is no longer around, obviously. Barnes and Noble is hanging on by a thread. Um, you have Sears not looking too sharp right now. And there's others that have not really survived the online revolution, which was brought by Amazon. So Amazon has really, I think, made a lot of retailers up their game, they're, which they're a catalyst yeah, for change. Yeah, which is how it's supposed to be. So you either survive or you died. And those that chose the survival mode are out there, at least some of them are out there taking risks, making changes, going in different directions, some of which we have mocked either here or on various videos over the past year, but now I'm no longer laughing <laughs> and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, yeah, they they are definitely um, changing the way retail has operated and it's no longer just about the shopping mall. It's about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And um, these are five or six, I think we're going to do that we both like a lot. So um, buckle up here. It's all about retail today. <laughs> uh, so let's let's start off with one that people might not think we're going to talk about or might not have even heard about. Maddie, you, you're pretty familiar with this one. Um, I had to kind of look it up online to be like, yeah, how did that work again? Sure. So it's called Stitch Fix. Ticker is SFIX. It is a fairly recent IPO, so it hasn't been publicly traded real long. So that's why you might not have heard about it, but it has a market cap of $2 billion now. Mm. And what is this one all about? So it's, while people might not have heard of it, there are companies, more companies like it out there than maybe we even know, kind okay. of like Blue Apron. So while Blue Apron is like a meal kit subscription, subscription service, Stitch Fix is like a subscription service for clothes. Okay. So it's a, it operates as a styling service, sending you a curated box of clothing and accessories on a monthly basis. I think you could maybe do, I think you can choose how often you get the box. Okay. Um, but what you do is when you sign up and you create an account, you create, um, you choose, um, 
what type of clothes you like, what type of clothes you want. So is it for work? Is it for day to day? To day? Is it for evening? Is it for working out? Is it for casual? Is it for fan, like your fancy clothes? Um, do you want shoes? Do you want handbags? So then based on that, you are basically paired with like this like digital um, and I'm not sure if it's like a, if it's algorithmic, I'm pretty sure it's part algorithmic, um, or if there's an actual person there too. Um, and based on that, you get sent a box of clothes. Okay. Um, and I think it ranges from like the service, like is it more expensive based on how many clothes you want in a box. Okay. But um, I thought there was no subscription for this. Like they literally send it to you. You look at it. Eh, I want to buy three of these things. You buy them and then you ship back what you don't like. Oh. That's what I saw. Then maybe I'm getting... Yeah. See, there's maybe too like, many of these that I maybe am yeah, getting wrong. I think they do call it subscription on there, but you you don't pay a monthly fee like you do... What are the other ones? There's some well, other... See, like so Blue Apron there, where you pay. Yeah. So there's Latote that actually that could be the subscription one. So you're right. So Stitch Fix is... It's like, yeah, you get a box and then you pay for what you want. Didn't and then you send them back. Didn't Amazon try this? I, I'm like reminded. Amazon of, tried it after. Okay. They were not the first ones. Okay. So we, we haven't really heard any update on how Amazon's is yeah. going. So the, I All guess right. this is also like Trunk Club too. So, oh, okay. Um, which is owned by Nordstrom. That's right. So this is seems to be a popular yeah. model. But I did see in their last quarter that their active clients was up 30% to 2.7 million. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's not... That's not small. <laughs> it's not small. And it shows that that people are shopping. They're just not not necessarily shopping in store. Right. So for some of those people who don't like to go and have the experience, this yeah. seems like a pretty good way. They also just launched Stitch Fix Kids. Oh, um, okay. They announced that in their last quarter, which I think is pretty cool. That could be, that could be <laughs> good. Um, they could be good, um, especially for, I mean, especially kids grow so fast. Yeah. And... Um, Depending on what brands and companies that they partner with, um, I think it could be an interesting uh, strategy. Yeah, I also saw that they said in the quarter that their plus sizes is really performing well because that's kind of an underserved market. Absolutely. And something like 50% of all women fit in the plus size category now. And it's hard to find good clothing and plus size. And so if you could just order online and have it shipped to you. Exactly. That seems like a win. And trying on in the comfort of your own home instead of having to like, you know, go into the fitting rooms and not find anything. Now they do men's too, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So the guys can get involved in this too. And that might... Their their men's business might even be better. I didn't look to see if they. It's probably not as big as the women's. Right. Right. Um, no, it can't be. But it's probably pretty decent. Right. Yeah. Because the you know the last thing a lot of them want to do is go to the mall and try on clothes. Just have it shipped to you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I mentioned to the you this to you earlier, but the Wall Street Journal had a headline: "Is Stitch Fix the Netflix of Fashion?" Um. And potentially it could be since it is a, this small company more starting on this path of disrupting the fashion industry um using uh a digital platform to really um kind of change the way women approach shopping Mm -hmm. and i think it i think it's cool i haven't tried a box yet um because i i mean i'm still one of the few i think that prefer to go to a store yeah me too for for things that right specific things that i want um 
I like I like I know what I have in mind, but I like going in and feeling them. Okay. And this is the same type of thing. You're really not buying anything. You're definitely trying before you buy. Yeah. But I like I like going to stores still. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Um, so that's Stitch Fix. It's not cheap. You are buying the growth here, but I did take a look at the PE just out of curiosity and it's trading at 119 times right now. It's, so it's, a, it's a, still coming off the IPO price. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. So that's a pretty pricey one. Um, let's switch over to, let's talk about Macy's because I feel like okay. Stitch Fix could is kind of a competitor to Macy's then in some yeah. ways. Um, Brand wise. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like if, if, yeah, for sure. So Macy's, that was one that was, you know, really left for dead. That, yeah. That was when, certainly going to I know you down. and I were like, uh, <laughs> are they going to make it? Yeah. Uh, now they have, it has been a rough go and they have been turning it around and they're still in the turnaround mode. Yeah. And they've been closing a lot of the underperforming stores, mainly at the shopping malls, like the ones in the suburbs uh, that, you know, are kind of just like the big box, white box thing right. which doesn't have any character no one cares i get kind of tainted about macy's because i am fortunate enough to be able to shop in one of their big urban stores yeah. like the macy's on state street in chicago it's their second largest i think store and i've also shopped at the macy's on union square in, in san, san francisco yes, that's i think a, that's their third largest store i just haven't been to the new york macy's. one yeah um and so when you go to those, you're like, what's the problem? Because sure. they have food in there. They have uh, restaurants, food court. They carry tons of brands that you can't find anywhere else. They have these like little boutique things. They have a huge area for the makeup and jewelry. And the, the shoes is like half a floor. <laughs> so I'm always like, meh. But then I, I have gone to the Macy's that's in the water tower also here in Chicago, and that's a much smaller store, and it doesn't have nearly any of you know as much of those features. And I have been somewhat disappointed in that store. It's it's, it's just not as good, right? And it feels it feels left for dead compared to the State Street Macy's, right? So is this the future of Macy's then is going for these kind of experiences and these exclusiveness, like some of their brands you can only get at Macy's now. Yeah. Is, is that what's going to differentiate them? Is that what makes them a disruptor now? I mean, I hope so. I mean, Macy's, they're just such an iconic brand. They're an iconic department store. You kind of don't want them to see, you don't want to see them go away. No. You want to see them make it. Um, but I, you know, I hope they figure it out. They just, uh, they just acquired that, uh, company story, um, which is the New York based concept shop. Uh, so it features like different themes every few months, um, like well-being and made in America. And that company's founder, uh, uh, Rachel Shetman just, uh, became the, or will be Macy's brand experience officer. So hopefully with this uh, person in charge um, at that position, um, the company will now feature like more like poppin' uh, poppin' shops, more like shopping shops experience experiences. Um, and hopefully this type of um, Macy's that we experience in Chicago and the and the people in San Francisco and New York that will like have like a trickle down effect at like the smaller Macy's across the country. Um, because I feel like if 
I also feel like Macy's is kind of mimicking what Nordstrom is doing with Nordstrom has the Nordstrom rack um, and their discount uh, stores and a lot of the pop-in shops. And that's not a bad thing. Nordstrom is, I mean, no. I personally think Nordstrom is killing it. Um, investors don't necessarily agree yeah. with me. Yeah. Um, but I think Nordstrom is doing a great job across the board. And Macy's, in my opinion, is kind of following their steps. Yeah. Um, now, Macy's has also really got its act together with its online business. Yes. It used to be it's, pathetic. It was so bad. It was so <laughs> awful. And now... Um, now it's pretty normal. You get the items quickly. Yeah. The, the returns are easy. And it's a huge percentage of their business now. Yeah. So. And their I think their website is, like you said, it's much better. It's just so much more easy better. to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. It used, it used to. to be really hard to find anything on yeah. there. But they have improved that. So, yeah. Macy's, um, don't, don't count it out. Right. It's still... It, and I like the exclusive brands that it has. It has some like um, Tommy Hilfiger that mm -hmm. it, it only carries in those stores or you have to go to a standalone Tommy Hilfiger store to get the items. But they ho have exclusive items that are only at the stores and some others like Donna Karen is the only at Macy's now. They signed okay. that exclusive deal. So I think that is, they're definitely seeing a future in having these exclusives that no other department store has or, you know, Amazon doesn't have it either. So if you want it, you got to go there. Yeah. So, okay. So return of the um, department store, Macy's, by the way, is soared this year. You might be thinking, man, that's done now, but it's PE still only 10, has a dividend and it never cut it, but it's still yielding 3.8%. So it's not too shabby yeah. there. Let's turn to um, a couple of the like specialty retailers because these were left for dead too. And this is a really competitive and hard area, I think, of retail to be in because you're either on trend or you're not, especially if it's apparel. So let's talk about Urban Outfitters for a minute because okay. both of us like Urban now. Yeah. And that ticker is URBN. And they were kind of, well, they were off trend on some of their lines. They own three brands, Urban Outfitters, Free People, and Anthropology. Yes. And it was rough going. And you can always tell it's rough going when they're having promotions because they never do. Especially at Anthro when like, yeah. you see like they're running the 40% off. Oh, my gosh. Like, when no. have they ever done that? Yeah. I don't even know. Now, today, whenever I uh, uh, walk by an Anthro, now it's only like... 20 or or like well, i haven't even seen that or like 20 percent off sale well yeah only on the sale that's yeah. true but on their full price stuff they were doing 20 percent off like dresses and like they would do a specific item you yeah. know pants or whatever and i haven't even seen that so i could tell now you know it's good <laughs> yes i can tell they've turned it around when they've stopped with the promotions mm -hmm. because then that means we all have to pay full <laughs> price if yeah. we want that and you know you're spending some coin at anthro yeah these aren't cheap brands by any means they mm -hmm. in fact they don't own a cheap brand no. all three of these are not pretty even upscale. I mean, urban is probably the cheapest of the yeah. three but sometimes but you go in it's not no it's that's not, not cheap. zara or h&m no. there no but the thing I do like about Urban Outfitters now is that they are testing new revenue models. So this is the one that I did mock several years ago <laughs> on a video because 
they bought a pizza chain right. out of Philadelphia and everybody kind of went ballistic like what why is yeah, cuz you're like urban outfitters and pizza pizza why would a clothing retailer buy a pizza chain and actually that partnership hasn't really gone very far they haven't done much with it and then no. i think they severed the relationship now or they bought out the chain or the the guy who owned the chain is now left he's yeah. no longer running it they still do have they the still chain. do have the chain and i think they have I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure but i think they have pizza at like their huge new york flagship okay um but i think is I that the one in brooklyn it's the, yes it's like uh, I guess 40,000 square feet okay. or something. It's like, gi it's ginormous. But they haven't really rolled this out at no, all. Not like, right. Not like others are doing. Not like others are hospitality. doing. Yeah. So, but um, we did just discover that they opened up a Terrain Cafe. So Terrain is actually another one of their brands, but it's very small and it's like their outdoor. And garden. Yeah, garden stuff. You can mainly find it online, really. But um, they opened up a cafe in Palo Alto in the Stanford Shopping Mall for any of you who are, who are familiar with it. It's a very nice upscale mall right there by Stanford. And that restaurant is supposed to be gorgeous. It just recently opened. Mm -hmm. So if anyone's gone, tweet at me because I want to know how it is. But this reminds me a lot of what another retailer we're going to talk about RH is doing with the hospitality and people love the anthropology urban outfitters brands and the stores and people collect the catalogs for anthropology yes. over the years because they're so beautiful and i've said for a long time that i just want to move into an anthropology like i'll just move in and <laughs> live in there they do sell furniture so why not right um, and so why not extend it to these other areas and make more of a lifestyle brand right. out of it, which just seems like what they're attempting. Yeah, well, it's, I think that's what they're trying to do with the their anthropology and company um, store. Um, the, the big one, their first one in Walnut Creek, it's like, it's huge. It's like over 30,000 square feet. It takes up an, an old Barnes and Noble store and... They, they're really showcasing the furniture. Yeah. So they're, it's like inside, I was reading, it's like they have, they're showcasing the kitchen. They're showcasing bedrooms. They're showcasing living rooms. Like all the furniture that you could possibly even want for all of, all of the rooms in, in a house. Um, then they have clothing. They have, um, they have I think, terrain items as yeah. well. Don't um, they have the bridal gowns? They have store Beholden, B-H-L-D-N. Yeah, um, we didn't mention that either. Yeah, shop, so all, like, basically this Anthropology Co. is just a collection of shop and shops of yeah. all of URBN's brands. It's amazing. I want to go. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. <laughs> We're going to take a vacation. We're going to go check that out. Yes. And then we'll go to Terrain. Um, across, <laughs> we have to cross the bay there and drive down there, but Hey, why not? Why not? Right? <laughs> These are good vacations, <laughs> but see, this is how we're talking about it as like a place to go and have experiences. Yeah. And I think like this, like, well, at least with anthropology go, it seems like they're almost like mimicking the department store experience and yeah these, all of these, what urban is doing is it's making retail dynamic and it's making us literally want to travel across right. the country exactly to visit a re like a it's retailer insane. so but we might do it we might, right <laughs> um but as a as an investment the shares have busted out to i think new all-time highs now because yeah. of all this good news they had huge comps 
And this next comp forecasts in the double digits again. Yeah, the quarter, this past quarter was really good. Yeah. And so no doubt the stock should be up, but it's trading at 19 times now. And a couple of the analysts are concerned that when you get these cycles and now they're on trend with their clothes. Sure. And... It always it kind of plays out like this, but it just doesn't last forever. And as we've mentioned with many other retailers, once you hit these high comps, it's really hard to keep doing it mm-hmm. for more than, say, one one year, because then you're going you're repeating the next that year over year quarter on these super hot comps. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. Um, very few have managed to keep that. So eventually they're going to be back down to like three percent, which is normal. Yes. Um, but everyone's going to panic and be like, what happened? <laughs> they're doomed. And they're going to sell off the stack. So that's, I don't know. I'm waiting for like a pullback or something in these shares yeah. to take another look. But things are definitely going well over there. And they, oh, uh, one other thing I did read too. They're expanding into the beauty wellness area, even with like, mm-hmm. um, like uh, you know, spa type of stuff and makeup and that kind of stuff, which fits really well with their brand too. So that's another area to watch here. So yeah, I feel like they um, are making the changes they need to make Mm -hmm. to be competitive right here. And I went into one when I was in London too. So they are international. There was, it was an anthropology. So I don't think they're huge overseas, but they do have a presence in Europe at least. So um, good brand recognition. So let's turn to a couple others that are kind of thinking outside the box. Um, a couple on the furniture side, RH, we can kind of put in Williams and Sonoma, I feel, along with them. Okay. I actually own both of these I, because I do like what they're both doing in terms of expanding outside of their core business, which is the furniture side. So RH just crushed, crushed it. Um, raised EPS guidance again, but it's really, I feel the hospitality angle of what RH is doing. They're building these huge gallery stores when everybody else is, you know, shrinking, they are going bigger and you actually can't purchase anything right. like so in there. They're inventory lists. <laughs> like you said, they're galleries. They're yeah, showcasing. You're looking at it. Uh, RH product right. and imagining the dream yeah. of what you could own. And then they do have consultants, obviously, in the store if you want to order that couch while you're standing there dreaming about iPads, it. They have iPads, so you're like, yes. okay, five <laughs> grand later. Right. Um, and they've really launched interior design business mm-hmm. with good interior designers. That's driving huge um, returns as well. And then they're opening up restaurants and other kind of hospitality within these galleries. And that was kind of a surprise to them, I think, because they only started this a couple of years ago when they were going to build a big gallery here in Chicago, actually, in the Gold Coast in an area that's really residential. It was an old mansion that had been abandoned. So the neighborhood was like, meh, we don't really want a normal store there. So that's why they said, don't worry, we'll keep these limited hours. And then there were they were concerned that when customers were in there, if they were there for a while, <laughs> that there was nowhere nearby for them to get food or drink yeah. or anything. They didn't want them to leave the store. So they said, Man, maybe we can open up a little cafe in here. And the neighborhood agreed as long as it didn't serve dinner, basically. They didn't yeah. want people there until all hours. And they put a cafe in the middle of this old mansion. And of course, they built it out 
so that it's stunning as a huge chandelier. If you haven't seen it or seen pictures online, go look at it. It's now one of the top 10 restaurants on Instagram. Three Arts Cafe. Yeah, that's the name of it, Three Arts Cafe. And they don't take reservations. You show up and you wait around in the store, sometimes for hours, (laughs) until you get a chance to eat the cheeseburger or the salad (laughs) or they do serve donuts some various little things but it's not you know it's not super extensive but people love it and now they've uh, parlayed this concept into basically all of the galleries that they're opening they're opening up a new one in Nashville as we're recording this just this week and that's going to have olive trees in inside somehow so I kind of want to see that one Um, But again, these are experiences pulling you into the store and RH says that they are seeing a boost from people just wandering around or drinking wine on their outdoor furniture and sitting and, you know, watching the world go by. And that is a huge thing that Urban Outfitters is also doing. Now we have the furniture guys doing and this seems to be working as well. Yeah, it's a it's a strategy that I mean, when I was in retail, I used to work at Banana Republic. It's similar to when like a customer had a a return. They they just had to pop in and out. But we would try and sell that. Like we would try to get them to buy something new. So so they were in the store for a limited amount of time um, or they were in the store for something else. And we were like, well, what about what are you shopping for today? What about this? What about this? So we were trying to get them to stay a little bit longer show them a few new product and hopefully they would, you know, get a sale. We would get a sale. They would buy new products. So it's kind of like that same strategy. Yeah. But just like expanded. Right. And RH also announced that they are going to open up an RH guest house, which is going into the hotel Mm. area. And that's going to be in New York City near their new meatpacking district store. That's also going to have the restaurant and a rooftop terrace with views of the downtown. I, I might go visit so as well. Beautiful. The hotel's not supposed to open until 2019. So, but the store is at the end of this year or later now, this fall. West Elm is also getting into hospitality. Yes, which is why I wanted to bring up them. They're owned by Williams and Sonoma. That ticker is WSM. And they have also been pushing into this area. They're being a little more ambitious because they're actually building six hotels that they announced last year, what cities they're going into. And these are kind of interesting choices. So Detroit, Minneapolis, Indianapolis, Oakland, Savannah, and Portland. I think it's Portland, Maine, not Portland, Oregon. Oh, So these are kind of what I would consider second tier, but design yeah. Um, design, especially trendy. Savannah, yeah, uh, which is home to SCADS, yeah, um, that huge design school, yeah, and Detroit's definitely up and coming for sure. And so I, I looked it up. They're not supposed to open until late 2019 because okay. I wanted to go stay in. One yeah, of them. yeah. <laughs> I would go over to Detroit to check it out. But um, late 2019, they are under construction, and the Savannah one I think is the only one that's going to have the store in the building. Okay. The others will just have the furniture, obviously, in the hotel. They will right. be regular so you can, hotels. Like, you know, experience the furniture while yeah. you're staying, right? Uh, or doing a two night stay in Detroit. Yeah. 
Um, so that's a great, well, it, they're hoping it's going to be great publicity for the brand as well. Not that West Elm really needs it. Right. It's doing fine. <laughs> they do not. When I was in London, there were two of those, two West Elms in London now. And mm-hmm. they just had opened up a third one in in the UK in Glasgow, I think it was. Okay. So West Elm is, is definitely going international. And speaking of international, RH is looking for a location in London. They said they have, they're eyeing something, but it's not a done deal yet, so they can't announce anything. And then they're also considering Paris, but oh. we'll see on that. But it sounds like London will be first, which makes some sense. So, yeah, these these companies are really trying to get people to come into the spaces. And I, I did see an, an announcement by also by West Elm for their Santa uh, Monica store that they're going to have community flex space. And this is putting artists in residence. And so they're going to have kind of like pop-up shops of local artists showing their goods inside the store. And I don't know if they're going to be working in there too, like actual artist studio space. They might be. So that's kind of a cool concept as well. Yeah, Yeah. really tying in with the community there. And that's something that isn't repeatable online. But Williams & Sonoma is doing fine online. Um, I kind of laughed when people thought they might be Amazon because overall it's something like 54% of their total revenue is now done online. But a lot of that isn't necessarily furniture. I mean, I could buy that, you know, oh, yeah, mixer so more than furniture. Yeah, yeah. Online. That's not an issue. And Williams and Sonoma, the brand is also kind of on a comeback. They Definitely. are selling furniture now, which they never used to do before. And that is selling well. Yeah. So Remember Williams and Sonoma, not just West Elm, even though we love it. Um, they do have Williams and Sonoma brand, Pottery Barn. Are those the three? Those are, I mean, those they have Pottery the, Barn Kids and Pottery Barn Teens. Those are the main three. All those, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's another one. Keep an eye on those. Shares have really rebounded. They were pretty cheap, trading under fifteen times. I haven't looked recently. They're still, they're still probably pretty cheap, even though, with the rebound. Um, so yeah, like I feel. This hospitality could be a game changer for the furniture industry, these furniture retailers. And so we're going to have to keep a watch on this. Now, ironically, it was really the big department stores that started off with hospitality. I mean, remember the old original Macy's and Marshall Fields? I remember the Marshall Fields having furniture. Yeah, they definitely had the furniture, but they always had the restaurants in there. Always, it was yeah. like a one-stop shopping and they still, the flagships in the big city still have mm-hmm. the big, nice dining rooms. The Walnut Room is still open at yeah. the Macy's. Nordstrom has its cafe on the fourth floor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it doesn't, it seems weird if you think about anthropology having terrain cafe, but not so weird. No. So what they've always been connected. Yeah. It's just now it's just like revamped for a new audience. Right. I guess. Right. So what is old is new again. Apparently. It always these is the, in fashion. These are the disruptors. Um, just copying what <laughs> was fanny packs. If fanny packs can come back for 2018, hospitality and retail well, can also the crocs are also oh. so let's let's well, i guess balenciaga those. are making them fashion again <laughs> plastic shoes are in again um but this is just a list of you know some of the retailers we like retail is a big sector so you could go you could go into a lot of different areas on yeah. this we didn't even cover the wholesalers um we didn't cover the beauty side we've covered some of them in the past so 
people know what we think about some of those. But these these are some that are on the cutting edge that are bringing mm-hmm. the A game now. So let's recap the tickers. We had Stitch Fix, SFIX. Macy's is just M. Urban Outfitters, URBN. Williams and Sonoma, WSM. Restoration Hardware is, well, they really go by RH now. <laughs> I shouldn't even call them. But those of us who remember them under their old name, they're RH and their ticker is RH. And, oh, wait, we didn't talk about American Eagle yet. I kind of wanted to talk about them. All right. Let's let's cover them real quick because they're another, like, little niche one sure. that's having a rebound. So they're teenage and early 20s Yeah, clothing. that's definitely their, their demographic, yeah. their key demographic. Men's and women's. And I liked them a couple of years ago because I felt like they were doing jeans correctly. They were big in the jeans and they were seeing big gains from that. But... They now have a separate brand from American Eagle that could be a future star called Aerie, and mm-hmm. that's A-E-R-I-E. Yes. And that is lingerie? It's lingerie. It's also like loungewear. Okay. So like robes, PJs. It's women okay. only. But, it, you know, no judgment if you want to, if, you know, yeah. you want to pop in there. Maybe they'll come out with uh, some men's. Who yeah. knows? Um, but yeah, bras, underwear, um, robes, PJs, galore. Um, really nice stuff. It's definitely a competitor, I, I think, to Victoria's Secret pink, their pink, yeah, line, the pink line specifically. And also um, Gap has their Gap body. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a little younger than that, but the quality is is up there. Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't I've haven't bought any lingerie from them, but the their loungewear stuff I've I've indulged in. Okay, it's really nice. They're rolling out some standalone stores again, bucking the trend of you know closing stores. Some of those are at the malls in the Chicago area. There's one at the Woodfield Mall that's a standalone airy store, and they expect this brand, the analysts do, to become a billion dollar brand, which is not small. Pink is three billion right now. Mm-hmm. And they do think, as you said, that they're taking they're taking some market share from pink because pink is struggling now. And if they take even just a small percentage, if they're at three billion and they take some of that, it's not going to take them long to yeah. get to the billion. Well I think what's helped was um Ari, the whoever is in charge of their marketing campaign um is a genius because they I think it's it's them who all their models are unretouched. Okay. Um, That's right. Role models, right? Real. 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 Um, real. So they're not Photoshopped. So you can see stretch marks. You can see real bodies, real women in in the clothing, yeah. in, in the bras and the, in the underwear. And it's, it's really refreshing. So in comparison to Victoria's Secret, where you have supermodels right. and like unattainable bodies yeah. um it's it's just a different image yeah. and i think that's what's driving the growth there okay i saw that they have four brand ambassadors on instagram and these are the role models for the airy reel and combined they have eight million followers wow. so okay. that's pretty dramatic there yeah you can see where some of the growth might come from. Um, and as you said, they do have some opportunities outside of lingerie because there's the whole leisure, yeah. athletic leisure area. Yeah. They could be doing this yeah. brand with. They have good uh, yoga pants and uh, okay. I think sports bras too. They okay. have as well. 
So that's another one on the niche side. They're trading at 16 times. So even though the shares have spiked, not that expensive, good same store sales growth. And the men's was strong this last quarter. We can't leave them out. It was up 7% on the men's side, um, okay. well outperformed the women's. So they're doing something right on the trends on the guys as well. So just want to get that one in there because I like some of these uh, niche guys. And those are those are hard to find ones that are trying to change the scene. So we'll add them on to the end, AEO. <laughs> so tickers, SFIX, Macy's M, Urban, URBN. Williams and Sonoma, WSM, RH is RH, and American Eagle is AEO. And be sure to subscribe always to our podcast so that you get all the interesting discussions that we have and the stock picks because you don't want to miss any of those. We are on Spotify, and I know some of you are subscribed over there now. So thanks. Thanks for listening there. And get us on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud. Basically, we're everywhere. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any. And I'll see you again next time.